Welcome back, witches and other cottage folk. You've just entered the northern Ozarks on a chilly and blustery cold morning in what is nearly, officially, winter. Unfortunately, you're not going to see the blue icicle lights I so love hanging from our cottage eaves this year because I have been forced to recognize that the winds which blow across the ridge of our high hill rips them to shreds every December. Luckily, the peanut butter and birdseed pine cones I hang on evergreen trees can be tucked deep into the branches, so they fare much better to the delight of the wrens and woodpeckers and cardinals and sparrows that are still spending time with us. Look around. In these Ozark Hills, you'll also still find rabbits and raccoons and squirrels who will not only stay with us, but leave their tracks through all of the snowfalls. Coyote howls can also still be heard in the crisp night air, and as soon as next week, a few of my playful otter friends will enjoy a slide down a snow-covered riverbank. I've also just heard of a sighting of the secretive Ozark howler, often dismissed as a cryptid, but we fey-attuned folk know that this huge, six-foot-long, dark and scruffy big cat is likely related to both the cougars, who at times do definitely roam these hills, and the Scottish Cushie, a fey dog of similar size and scruffiness who appears just in time to lead lost travelers away to the land of the fey, willingly or no. The woods could well echo with the screech of winter cougars, as well as the gruff, snorting cries of dire wolves, Ozark howlers, and maybe Kushi, who followed a long-ago Scottish settler here from the old country as well. Best to keep inside and keep your woodpile well-stocked and right next to the door so no nighttime excursions will be required. And thank the goddess that none of us need an outdoor privy anymore. Today has dawned a bit murky and gray, but it's still bright enough to keep the banshee away. So I've put the kettle on and I'm serving up pumpkin muffins as a tempting treat. Come on inside, keep warm, and enjoy a visit with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Good morning. Today is Monday, December 13th. We're working on strong first quarter moon energy as we prepare for Yule and Christmas. At week's end, on Saturday the 18th, we'll have the December full moon, known as the cold moon most commonly, but also the long night moon and the winter green moon. She comes into her fullness this year for the week-long celebrations of Yule and Christmas. Yule falls next week on Tuesday the 21st with the winter solstice and Christmas of course is the following Saturday December 25th. Perhaps situated most perfectly of all is the new moon on January 2nd. The most favorable for self-care and a mental and physical reboot and refreshing at the start of the new year. But right now we are moving inexorably closer to the Yule season. In fact, for me, we are definitely there. Not only are the days very short now, but these long nights provide us with plenty of creative hours in front of the hearth. So welcome to season two, episode four of The Cottage Witch, 
which is all about not only the crafting of witchy gifts, but also the fun of infusing them with magical intentions. Three considerations are at the heart of Yuletime witchy craftiness. First, of course, is you, the crafty witch. Where do your talents lie? In which areas? And what sort of budgets do you have for both time and finances? And backstock, too, meaning what do you have in the attic or the basement or your craft room? After two years of COVID and heading into retirement, my finances are tight. I'm normally a Black Friday in-store shopper and an online elf, but not this year, not at all. Luckily, I do have some definite backstock here at the cottage, and I'm a creative reworker. Also, the Goodwill and other thrift stores are definitely a part of my repurposing philosophy, and dollar stores can work in a pinch. I understand ethical shopping and do so during less lean times, but this December is particularly lean. We will be fine. We are fine, in fact. We're just paying off everything and living lean so we can live comfortably six months from now. So, first, let's talk about raiding the stashes. Now might be the perfect time to pass along family treasures as Yuletime gifts. Consider grandmother's knickknacks and kitchenware, one-of-a-kind teacups, or even one from a cherished set. You can use polished up and cleverly tagged mason jars decorated with simple ribbons and fabric swatches and filled with cookies, cocoa mix, or pet treats. Old picture frames can be painted too, and you can gift along a favorite photo to the next generation. You could also paint them black and create a black scrying mirror. It's pretty simple. You just need to take the glass out of the frame, paint the back of the glass black with either a spray paint or acrylics, a couple coats, let it dry really well, and put it back together. I like a black frame with a silver trim, and I look for something that I can paint just that way at thrift stores. It's a good gift for a witchy friend. Are you crafting something from scratch? Look for fabric lengths, but also clothing in the need sewing or giveaway baskets. You can cut them up. Also old belts and buckles. Crafting ideas and creative gifting can be sparked by any sort of odds and ends, including purse straps and buttons and loose fabric swatches. Speaking of teacups, Button started my own eclectic tea set for my birthday tea party last year. And several guests were clued in and brought another one, too. It was a delightful birthday party. And just recently, Grandma Makepeace sent me a beautiful addition, all golden trim and sunflowers. Every matching teacup and saucer is one of a kind in the set, and all are particularly beautiful. One cup and saucer can begin a beautiful tradition that is fun and fascinating in both the finding and the gifting. Inexpensive and meaningful both. Consider beginning a collective tea set for someone. If they're witchy, maybe it's a perfect ritual vessel. Cleanse it and gift it. One year for Christmas, when our girls were little, the same sort of idea went into the gift of a yard sale chest filled with old prom dresses, family dresses, ladies' business suits, and a wedding dress. It was the big present for all the girls and the impetus for many fashion shows, 
Princess Pretend games, and ongoing collecting for years, and pretty inexpensive overall. That same idea works not only for playing dress-up and charming tea parties, but also for crystal collections, ritual dishes, homemade rune sets, black mirrors, and all sorts of witchy gifts. Consider them collections that you add to over the years. So let's talk both witches and crafting. Aside from your resources of finances and stuff, what are your crafty talents and abilities? Can you draw or paint? Do you sew or stitch, crochet or knit? Can you wield a hot glue gun as well as a wand? When you take a walk in the park or a forest, do you come home with interesting rocks and botanicals because you have a crafter's eye? Can you find three items in the dollar store that will work perfectly as a fairy jar spell? or a -a one-of-a-kind magical Christmas tree ornament? And best talent of all, are you a kitchen witch? Can you bake tasty breads, cookies, pastries, a hearty stew or lasagna? Can you then layer in love and intentions for those lucky people on your Yule list this winter? And then give them both holiday food and magic? How can you Best put your free or very inexpensive resources together with your crafty, creative talents. Luckily, we have many fascinating and fun witchy options to explore. And you can make every one of them extra magical by adding in your heartfelt witchy intentions with each stitch, stir, brush stroke, or press of a glue gun's trigger. So settle in, cottage folk, to whatever you've got going at the moment. This is likely to be our longest, most detailed, and inspired episode yet. Let's talk baked goods first, or any sort of kitchen witchery. This can be as simple as creating or sharing a dozen cupcakes, or a special spice blend in a plain or fancy recycled jar. Even a plastic spice container can be creatively decoupaged a new label or pretty paper scraps over the original. You could also bake a quadruple batch of that amazing cookie you make every year to share with others. Silver Ravenwolf has a recipe for moon cookies in her book Solitary Witch that I have been making, adapting, and gifting for over 20 years now. My Christmas version is made with white chocolate morsels, almond slivers, and dried cranberries or craisins and dusted with powdered sugar, but they are always shaped in the same traditional full moons, crescent moons, and five-pointed stars. My children grew up making them right alongside me. By the way, it's easy enough to make a bar of these cookies smooshed together a bit in the familiar triple goddess pattern of one full moon in the center and two side crescents pointing in opposite directions. That's a perfect witchy stocking stuffer. Put it in a sealed plastic bag and drop it into a little Christmas gift bag as a small gift. Other baked goods include pumpkin and berry pies, homemade cookie mix or hot cocoa mix in one of those festively decorated mason jars, or a sturdy-ish hand-painted box or decoupage box 
using Christmas papers or holiday magazine photos and filled with a half dozen scrumptious muffins. All of these are happy gifts that share not only warm holiday wishes, but specific intentions, intentions that you can add easily with one or even each ingredient. Cinnamon, for example, is a common Christmas spice and it carries associations of spirituality, success and prosperity, healing, power and protection, strength, love, and luck. And not only can you add it to many recipes, but also stir some into coffee and tea and even burn cinnamon incense while you cook. Say the words of your intention and stir clockwise to bring these good vibes into your food. When I fold handfuls of cranberries into my Christmas moon cookies, for example, I tell the batter all about the healing and love I'm adding too, along with the increasing levels of energy, prosperity, and abundance I'm sending to all who will eat these magically enchanted delights. And if I'm burning some lavender incense or candles while I bake that day, well, I'm adding some peace, purification, and sweet sleep music in too for a restful holiday season for all who partake. Kitchen witches commonly practice this magic year-round, but most Christmas and Yuletime baking carry such intentions too. Cooking and stirring is the first line of much magic. A simple stirring can always be used for incorporating the elemental magic and intentions of the four quarters. When you stir in a clockwise direction, left to right across the top of the bowl or mug, sunward in the Scottish tradition, going from east to west across the bottom of the bowl. But when I think about it, I think about going across the top of the bowl from north to east, south, west, and back to north in a clockwise or diosso pattern. Traditionally, the way to stir good intentions into whatever you are creating. Move Wittershins in the opposite direction right to left across the top or north to west to south and east and you are stirring Wittershins or counterclockwise which is the traditional pattern for removing negativity. To stir in those good intentions clockwise you would begin by stirring in strength and then move east to add in inspiration and good communication and then head south for courage and mental strength before coming up to the left and the east to end healing. Go the other way and the simple act of stirring can be used to remove negative qualities. So start with north again, but this time you think about sending away or banishing weakness, the opposite of strength. When you move to the west then, you'll ward off illness, the opposite of health. And moving south then, you'll stir away fear and coming up to the east, on the right side, you can banish writer's block or any miscommunication problems or difficulty with speech. Cooking and baking with intention is a strong yet also practical and everyday sort of magic. It's also pretty easy to boost it even higher for holiday baking. Remember to infuse your treats with lovely, thoughtful, happy, and peaceful Yuletime intentions. Look for relevant correspondences to set upon a saucer too, small baking pad, or just the side of the stove as you bake. Incenses, colorful or scented tea light candles, and a corresponding crystal or two all add power to your intentions. 
Those same ideas, by the way, also hold true as you craft other gifts too. Sewing, in fact, is almost as traditionally witchy as cooking. I am sewing, and there's air quotes around that word, sewing, three different witchy gifts this year for my specifically witchy friends and daughters. Moss and Charlotte, you really want to listen to this next bit after Christmas. For the rest of us, the first project is practical, and the second one is jewelry. That's why sewing is in air quotes. The third one is sweet and likewise fun, but also hopefully both soul-touching and mental health-affirming too. So, that first practical gift is a pocket bag, perfect for witchy odds and ends, the size of a standard piece of printer paper, 8 inches high by 10 inches long and 4 inches deep, with those six pockets on the outside, which is so practical. And the pattern is free online and very easy to make. Keep in mind that there are many online patterns to choose from, but I'm using Better Homes and Gardens Simple Six Pocket Bag. You can Google it and get right to it. But I'll also put the URL link in the show notes. I'm choosing fabric colors and patterns to match both the recipient's overall taste as well as what I already have on hand here at home. I'll also fill them with something, but I don't know what that will be just yet. By the way, this is also a sewing craft that could be easily created as a no-sew project by using stitch witchery, a fusible bonding web that very simply and securely irons together two pieces of fabric by putting this webbing in between them. I've used it for years. The second project is a small set of three lava bead bracelets strung on thin but strong elastic. I purchased the beads and elastic cord early last summer with some income tax refund money. So now it feels as if this is free to me as it's all part of my witchy crafty stash, along with watercolor paints and acrylics, various sewing notions, and a healthy stock of stickers, journals, colorful pens, rocks I've gathered from here and beyond, all sorts of odds and ends. I store all of my crafty paraphernalia in bookcases and a file cabinet, as well as baskets and even plastic dairy crates. But I started decades ago with a simple shoebox. For these bracelets, I'm using colorful stone beads specifically chosen for each young woman and also for the magical associations those colors carry with them. Each can also be accompanied by a small gift box of essential oils or one special oil to use with the lava beads, the correspondences of the scents, as well as the colors of the beads. Also, I'll look for a really nice container, such as a ceramic gift box that I can pick up at a thrift store, or I may even re-gift one of my own cherished amulet boxes. The third sewing gift I'm giving is a big one. It's all my own idea and design. I am at the beginning, at the moment, they only fully exist in my mind, but I have two weeks to make three dolls. I got the idea from seeing only the bottom line of a text, the whole of which read, I love banshees. But when I only saw the last two words, love banshees, this concept came immediately and fully to life. A big, cuddly, cute, and somewhat gothy and goblin core stuffed doll 
with fluffy yarn hair and a swirly spiral belly button that says, Scream Here. She's essentially a pillow and a doll designed to absorb those inner screams that need to come out. She's 26 inches long, cute and lovable, and a little bit monstrous too. I'm so excited about this concept. I'll let you know how they turn out in the New Year's episode. Whatever gifts that you make can easily incorporate intentional color choices. I discussed this concept in depth in Season 1, Episode 8, Color Correspondences for Witchy Jewelry, Clothing, and Decor. But you can also find a lot of color association discussions all over the internet. Essentially, this just means choosing a color to incorporate certain traits into a gift. Purple, for example, will encourage intuition and will help with creative projects. It's also the color of divinity and royalty and power. I'm burning a purple cone of lavender incense right now, which I believe both adds to and softens the power of purple. Ever so briefly, let's talk about using all the colors of the rainbow. Red is for all things related to the strongest emotions and courage. Orange brings new adventure and opportunities our way. Use it to encourage creativity and fun and emotional understanding. Yellow is all about sunshine and happiness and personal empowerment too. It balances self-confidence and self-control. New growth and youthful creativity as well as the energy of nature all ride a green wave of color. For Americans in particular, it's also good for attracting money and abundance. And we all can use gold for this too. Light blue and regular blue are about peace and healing. Indigo and dark blue, on the other hand, are strongly associated with psychic abilities, empathy, and insight, and even divination. We've already talked about purple, but a few other colors also deserve a brief mention. Brown is very much related to the earth and animals, as well as house and hearth and strength in general. Black is commonly used for the banishment of negativity. White is all about truth, clarity, and purification. And it's also the color that can stand in for every other color in a pinch. Silver is about moon magic. And pink is for friendship and innocent love in particular. But also any other sweet, new, or innocent emotion. Use color associations to boost your intentions for every gift you craft, from cupcake icing to fabric and yarn choices and stone colors too. Harnessing the energy of light and color seriously empowers every witchcraft endeavor. After the break, I'll talk a bit more about gifting stones or crystals, pendulums, and homemade oracle cards, as well as hand-sewing small gift bags for these sorts of items, and stitching a design or sewing on a magical patch as the heart of the intention, the spell or sigil, if you will, that might be added to increase both the love and the magic. Welcome back. Free 
pockets full of pebbles or rocks can be gathered on any walk through the neighborhood or along a foresty path. But I also will not judge anyone who picks up colorful beads or glass droplets or sturdy square wood chips from a dollar store. Especially at this time of year, we should all just do the best we can to share our love of others than damn to anyone who judges us for it. And if you, yourself, might be the one who tends to judge others, temper down your criticisms through these dark nights and share a generosity of spirit instead. Folks are doing the best they can during difficult times. And people who are hungry likely cannot always shop in an eco-friendly manner. And let's be honest, they are not the ones dropping big dollar amounts anywhere. So, earthy stone and glass and crystal workings. I dearly love the gift of a set of runes and a hand-stitched drawstring pouch accompanied by a handwritten scroll of brief instructions and meanings. And luckily, Norse and Celtic traditions are not closed ones, but open to all who are respectful. Here are some simple ways to make a set of runes. The most well-known alphabet is the Elder Futhark. Again, the internet will be your friend. If you want to include more elaborate information with your gift, you can always print pages and include a nice folder or even a store-bought book. To turn your stones, wood chips, or thumbprint-sized glass beads into runes, you'll likely need a Sharpie. Black or any other thought-filled choice that is a dark enough color will do. I'm a traditionalist, so I always go with the Elder Futhark. But you know your own inclinations as well as those of the person you're creating for. Keep these in mind as you craft. And have fun with the research. By the way, a visit to an actual brick-and-mortar library is delightful at this time of year, too. Bring your journal or book of shadows for note-taking and research away. You don't need any sort of ID just to browse or sit and read or research. But if you don't already have one, getting a free library card might be the best gift for yourself this year. Some witches are very into crystals too, and some crystals make amazing pendulums. Add a few stone and crystal beads onto a six to eight inch length of wire or cord and end with a pointy crystal bob at the bottom or an old fashioned key or doll's eye button. You could even gift a trio of different pendulums for different workings and print out a half dozen pendulum mats to decoupage or laminate onto. Include one or more of those pendulums as well as a handwritten scroll of instructions and perhaps a purple tea light candle or a small box of incense. And you have given a ritual box of divination and magic. Create a cloth mat and do the same thing for throwing those runes you've just made. Include a similar box of small accessories and you've accomplished the same idea for a different tradition. You can even make your own set of oracle cards by starting with a base of plain three by five or four by six online note cards or colorful cardstock cut into the small, medium, or large size you most prefer. Google inspirational quotes or affirmations for witches, and pull out old witchy calendar date books, coloring books, or pyramid collection catalogs. 
to decorate the backs and or the fronts of those cards on which you've written or decoupaged a typed version of those magical, inspirational sayings, quotes, or affirmations. Ooh, don't know pyramid collection catalogs? They're my favorite. Look them up now online at pyramidcollection.com and order your free catalog right now. It'll take about a month to arrive, though. Still, you're going to want one. It's full of ideas and inspiration and purchase possibilities for a time when money may be flowing more freely. How cute would an Altoids tin be with or without a decoupage top when it holds personalized affirmations on the Oracle cards you've made? Personalized with affirmations like, I am a strong badass witch for just the right witchling who could really use your confidence added to her own. Which brings me to my final Yule time gift suggestion, spell jars in the guise of ornaments. I purchased a dozen glass ball ornaments back in the summer for four or five dollars. Any witch bottle or witch ball spell will work for an ornament. One style that is popular on the internet suggests five layers, a good witchy number that, the bottom being salt, and then herbs on top of the salt, flowers in the middle, and spices just beneath one or more crystals on top. Choose the ingredients to match or complement each other and label it shared on Pinterest that includes chamomile, bay leaves, cinnamon basil, cloves, and sage all noted for their correspondence with wealth and prosperity, along with a scrolled up $1 bill and three pennies, and a penny also glued onto the cork topper. This bottle is actually sold by Wild Witch Crystals on Etsy for $33, and its purchasers leave great reviews. But the same idea can also be used for inspiration, and adapted with any number of variations for a strong magical outcome, especially for folk on a tight Christmas budget this year. Yuletime inspiration is absolutely all around us. Dollar Tree offers a variety of sizes and numbers of clear glass craftable ornaments too, and some can be found that unscrew in the middle, just perfect for fairy and brownie tableau or more traditional Christmas elves, which can then be glued into place and used from year to year. Bake a Yule log, sew a love banshee, paint a magical box, or craft a set of runes. Whatever you choose, create some magical, intentional, witchy crafts to decorate your own cottage and share with others too. It's still early. We have two whole weeks and the planning and doing energy of a first crescent moon to get us peacefully moving ahead. And Yule itself, which arrives on December 21st, is commonly celebrated all the way through New Year's Day. We can do this. We've got time and we've got creativity. Well, witches, that concludes today's episode. It was a long one. There's also a poll question over at anchor.fm 
I think that's how you can find my poll. The question is, will you make any of your Yule presents this year? quick shout outs. One to Bethany, who left me a lovely voicemail message at the show over on anchor.fm. Remember, my technology skills are abysmal, so it took some time to find your voice, Bethany, but there you are. Also, fellow witch Allison dropped me a sweet, sweet email at hestermakepeace at gmail.com. On the New Year's episode, I'm going to specifically address some of those lovely reviews I'm getting. Also, Anchor FM just left me some statistics I'm going to share with you. Our first episode was in the spring, and since then, before this one, I have 12 episodes, which have gone out to 20 countries around the world, predominantly the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Finland, and India but quite a few others too. Also, I have had 3,600 listens of those 12 episodes so far and 249 steadfast listeners for nearly every episode. It's an amazing set of statistics and I am blown away by the progress and grateful to every one of my fellow cottage folk. So, now I just want you to have a peaceful, calm, lovely, interestingly witchy Yule season on into the new year. Until then, when I'll see you again, Merry Christmas, Happy Yule, Blessed Be, and Merry Part. decorate your cottage. Mm-hmm.